Hi, I'm Kate Donahue, the host of Searching St. Augustine, a podcast about the nation's oldest city, St. Augustine, Florida. This podcast covers the people who live here, the joys they share, and the issues they face. One such issue, and the focus of this episode, is the development of the Sebastian Inland Harbor. The harbor is located in a downtown St. Augustine neighborhood called Lincolnville, and it's this neighborhood that my mom and I call home. Here's Donna, my mom, now. I moved to St. Augustine after I retired in 2018. And I just really, always really enjoyed it here. Um, It's a great and very unique uh, community. It's diverse, uh, lots of walkable things downtown. You can walk to church, you can walk to the post office. you know, lots of restaurants. Um, it's just a really unique area. So I enjoy it and decided to retire here. The city of St. Augustine is full of indescribable magic, but I'll try to describe it anyway. Trolleys and horse-drawn carriages fill the streets. Restaurants line the cobblestone alleys and Spanish moss creeps down from the trees. As you walk around downtown, you'll see an 18th century Spanish fort and a resort hotel from the Gilded Age that has since become a part of Flagler College. You'll hear the college's bell tower ring out renditions of songs from Simon and Garfunkel to the Beatles. You'll hear live music and languages from all over the world. You'll hear the monologues of tour guides detailing the historic and haunted Old City. Everyone I know with a connection to St. Augustine agrees that it's a special place, but it's also a place that has undergone tremendous change over the last few decades. And not everyone appreciates this transformation. The longtime locals I've met over the last few years often recall their childhood spent in a quiet and sparsely populated St. Augustine. They talk about it as if it were a completely different city, and in a lot of ways it is. The St. Augustine Record, a local newspaper founded in 1894, started a series in 2019 called Growing Pains and Gains. The series was dedicated to documenting how St. Augustine has evolved in recent history. And here's what Ramel Petroglou, who served as mayor in the 1980s, told the record about these changes in 2019. It was, fa- it was great, it really was. It, was. it was a small town, small county, and uh, like I say, you, you couldn't ride down the street, you're waving at everybody, I mean, you know everybody you see. Uh, back then, you you know, you go down, you go downtown, and uh, you just you didn't matter whether you had your pocketbook with you or not. If you saw something you wanted, you tell it. Would you lay that away for me, or I'll oh, take it now. Bring me money later. You know that type of thing. And now locals, we can't even get downtown. It's very hard. This tension between the city's development and tourism growth and the interests of the residents who live here year-round is at the heart of the controversy now surrounding the planned unit development being proposed for the Sebastian Inland Harbor. Here's the current mayor of St. Augustine, Tracy Upchurch, explaining how planned unit development, often referred to as PUD, works. A PUD stands for a planned unit development, and it's a zoning classification under allowed under our zoning code. 
so a typical zoning code has agricultural zoning and industrial zoning and, re- and different levels of residential zoning and commercial, and, and each of them has a different attribute. But a PUD allows a developer to come forward with a unique zoning combination and, and therefore use the property in a unique fashion. So, so that's what an original developer of this property did. So they go to the city commission, they go to the city and propose a PUD and the commission looks at it and decides to accept it or negotiates changes, what have you. Typically, and this has certainly been true here, the developer has met with each member of the commission individually. So the developer, the developer's attorney, maybe some of their other, you know, architects, engineers, et cetera, have met with each individual commissioner. And then, so they're getting input at that level. And then they get input at the commission table. Remember, too, they also go to the planning and zoning board, uh, which is a, a group of seven citizens appointed by the commission that do an initial review of this. So they've already had input from those folks where the public has an opportunity to input as well. And so it's an opportunity to do something creative that would not be allowed under the existing zoning code. At the Sebastian Inland Harbor, this pod would likely include multifamily housing, a hotel, space for parking, a restaurant, and a mercado, according to Tracy Upchurch. The city has always envisioned that this would be some type of creative redevelopment. If you're familiar with the Inner Harbor in, in uh, Baltimore, that's a great use. That's that's kind of, once they redid the Inner Harbor, that kind of set a whole, um, what's the right word? It became all the rage across the country and lots of different communities tried to do their own version of that to redevelop um, these kind of declining properties and to encourage people to come to downtown areas. Some locals, however, for either nostalgic or logistical reasons, are concerned with the prospect of activity in the city's downtown area growing. Here's Donna again. In talking to one of my neighbors today, she said that she's not particularly well informed with it because she's just in complete denial. She feels like it's such a mistake for the community that she can't even really engage with it. Um, So she doesn't know all the details because she said she's just really, really, she's lived here for over 20 years. And... um, just feels like it's just really going to be detrimental to the to the community. One of the things is that we've got a real problem here with flooding um, already. Um, also, so this is you know something that's going to just draw lots more people in and pave over um, areas that maybe could absorb some of that extra water. But from what I've read, they've talked about uh, four thousand more. Um, vehicle trips a day in this area, and it's already pretty congested. 4,000 more trips seems to me just something I I can't even fathom how traffic-wise that would play into the the current situation. Just to give you an idea, the street that they're talking about, um, 
floods already it doesn't even have to we're not talking about like during hurricanes you know times or something we're talking about you know high tide or uh, maybe nor'easter so it just doesn't really absorb that water well already and i can tell you that we used to get text messages when i was working in the elementary school saying um you know don't come down particular streets because it's flooded so or that people would be picking their children up late because they can't get to the school because it's flooded. And that's already in that kind of general area. So I can't mm-hmm. imagine how they're going to accommodate 4,000 more trips in an area where they already really have issues with um, flooding and traffic. Mayor Upchurch is aware of these and other concerns. I think that there's a fear that the traffic generated by um, or, or perhaps congestion might even be a better word, generated by this project will in some way adversely impact the Lincolnville neighborhood. Um, I think that's the primary concern. The other concerns that have been raised are the architecture, particularly of the hotel. Commissioner Valdez said it very well. There's nothing architecturally interesting about the hotel. It could be in Kansas City. It could be in Minneapolis. And so he was really pushing that it be architecturally more appealing. Uh, And I think that's a valid concern that resonated with me. There are concerns about the resiliency with sea level rise, and that's much more of a concern now than it was even was, you know, five or six years ago. My biggest concern has been and this sounds small, but I think it's really important. We have a significant number of short-term rentals in St. Augustine. Is I don't want these multifamily units being used for short-term rentals. In other words, I think that goes a long way towards reducing congestion and traffic when they're permanent residents as opposed to people that are there for a long weekend coming and going. But that's just an example of just another concern that individual commissioners have. In spite of these concerns, however, Upchurch also sees potential benefits. Let's begin with the fact that it's it's 9 to 13 acres of vacant property in now a very important part of St. Augustine. So that's an unproductive use of the land. Um, I certainly think that multifamily housing in St. Augustine is appropriate and good for many, many reasons. Um, downtown St. Augustine is exceedingly uh, desirable to live in, which is why Leakenville has gone through the rebirth that it's gone through. Um, people want to be able to walk. People like living in a, in a small urban environment. It allows them to avoid the hassles of, of travel, et cetera. You know, the, the hotel is less important to me because we have an increasing stock of, of high-end quality hotels. I certainly think the Mercado is an attractive piece. And, of course, the ability to have parking on the site is an important consideration. For now, Mayor Upchurch says the developers are working through the feedback that city commissioners voiced during their first hearing. The pandemic has prevented subsequent hearings from taking place, and no timeline for construction exists. 
but signs expressing opposition to the PUD remain ubiquitous throughout Lincolnville. In preparation for the next hearing, which does not currently have a set date, concerned residents can contact city commissioners individually or in public meetings.